Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 61st episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm super excited to chat with Mitchell Lister, Manager of Tickets and Business Development for the Carolina Mudcats. Make sure to go back and listen to the catalog, folks. There's 60 other great episodes with awesome people that work in minor league baseball with an array of different backgrounds, tons of great stories as well. I'd like to start something new and shout out the top cities that people are listening to the podcast in. So let me pull that up here. Okay, so within this last week, let's see. The number one city that listened to the Pulling Tart podcast was Morgan Hill, California. Shout out to Morgan Hill, California. And then we got Atlanta, Georgia. Rockville, Connecticut, Oakland, California, Lebanon, Ohio, Charlotte, North Carolina, Toms River, New Jersey, Zelianople, Pennsylvania, Ashland City, Tennessee, and Kakana, Wisconsin. Wow. All over the place. Love it. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks, and uh, share with your friends. Do you want an individual shout-out besides the cities? Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts and turns more people into members of the TARP crew, folks. With all of that being said... Let's chat with Mitchell Lister, Manager of Tickets and Business Development for the Carolina Mudcats, Low-A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll be right back with Mitchell right after this break. Mitchell, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm super excited to to have you on as the guest this week, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening. You started with the Mudcats in January of 2020. How excited are you to work your first Mudcats game? Uh, Well, first off, thanks, Bobby, for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. You've had a lot of amazing people uh, throughout your podcast. Um, and to answer that question, I'm pumped, like beyond excited. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, as you could imagine. It's I, This is by far the longest offseason of minor league baseball ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely a blessing uh, that it's coming soon and it's coming fast. I mean, we're working hard to get it uh, here for sure. Uh, but I will say the time off was a blessing. I was actually, uh, I actually welcomed my first child this past off. Wow. Season, so 
that's super um, exciting. I got some time with her that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. She was born in July of 2020, so wow. that's by far the busiest time of the year. So, um, yeah, I'll cherish that time forever for sure. Wow, that that is amazing. And, yeah, for you, that's amazing timing, of course. Um, yeah, uh, so this was the longest off-season out of, like, any off-season ever. And it's crazy for me to think that come May 4th, that'll be my first opening day that I'm not working in baseball because I've been out of it for over a year and a half now. And, and it's, I've still have not missed an opening day. So, um, kind of crazy, but it's hard to think about, right? I mean, it's just, it's such a staple once April comes, it's like minor league baseball season and it didn't happen. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I know, um, but super excited for all of my guests and you to to get back in the swing of things. I know, you know, times were tough, um, but yeah, just super excited to to get minor league baseball back up and going again. Uh, so you work for the Carolina Mudcats, and they are owned by the Milwaukee Brewers. So what is it like working for a team that's owned by the parent club? Yeah, it's a lot different for sure. I mean, this is the first team I've worked for that is owned by the parent club. Hickory was in the transition when I was transferring from Hickory to Staten Island. Um, So this is my first true experience, understanding how a big league team runs a team. Um, And frankly, there's a lot of changes that are happening. Uh, There's a lot of things that I'm just learning through the process which is a very good thing moving forward, but it's definitely a learning curve. There's a lot of uh, good things just from the MLB taking over minor league baseball that has caused some changes in itself Mm -hmm. that a lot of minor league teams across the country are experiencing. So uh, definitely not the same uh, or not the only person in that boat for sure. But uh, I mean, when I first started uh, with the Brewers, they gave me a bunch of swag and nice. a lot of like kind of a welcome thing. So it's it's crazy experiencing the HR side of things rather than a small office of twelve to fifteen people that you're just hanging out with every day, basically. So, right. Um, it's it's different. And Milwaukee does have some great swag. I I went to Miller Park pretty frequently when you know when the schedule allowed because i worked in beloit which is only about an hour and 20 minutes from milwaukee um and i would say hmm, i've only been to like seven or eight major league stadiums but milwaukee is probably is up there i would say that it's my I think second and third are tied. Um, I would I would say it's probably second, honestly. Um, yeah, I definitely awesome. want to get to the stadium. I mean, it's beautiful. It's unreal the indoor outdoor experience that they're able to have, depending on rain and stuff. Yeah, you never have sure. to worry about if the game is rained out. 
So that's that's always a plus for sure. And it and it is like kind of amazing just watching it close like right over you. It's pretty awesome. Um were you at a game that it actually closed? Yeah. Just seen it on TV. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I was at a game where it actually closed. I think they were playing I think they were playing the Cubs if I'm not mistaken that game. So so yeah, it was it was pretty cool though. Um Let's see. So, you of all people would know this. How are tickets and ticket plans changing this year for the Mudcats? Yeah, so tickets plans themselves really aren't changing. It's more the way we have to handle tickets Mm -hmm. uh, due to social distancing reasons. And just uh, we're trying to push people to buy more in advance than ever. Sure. Um, especially this season just due to the limited capacity and things like that we're not going as far as some teams where they're not even having day of game sales we are going to have the box office open okay obvious uh if there is availability um we're hoping there won't be but realistically there might be um there are pod seatings uh things like that that we are required to do both from major league baseball and our local government so it's a learning curve for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just one of these things that we have to do for this year and um at least for the time being hopefully at the maybe even the middle of the season we'll be more at a higher capacity right now we're about 30 percent i know um, our state government is allowing 50 percent but due to social distancing protocols that both MLB and our local government have, we're not really allowed to get over 30% just due to spacing. Okay. So 30%, what does that put you guys at? Uh, right around 2,000. Okay. But it's about closer to 1,900, but it's somewhere between there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that much would have sold out any game at, at Pullman Field in Beloit, Wisconsin. <laughs> So that would sell out quite a few places depending yeah. on where you're at around the country for sure. Yeah. So. so what kind of events has the stadium been able to host this past year? I would imagine the business development side of things has changed significantly as well, right? Yeah, I mean, we're Milwaukee has been very cautious with the virus as a whole, mm-hmm. um, just as an entity. Uh, the organization is telling us not to host really anything this past off season. I know um, places like I used to work in Hickory had quite a few events, which uh, worked out well. It's just with where we're at right now, we wanted to be as cautious as possible due to health and safety for our fans, our employees, things like that are just really important. And we wanted to lay it low as much as we could. And, but that being said, we're excited about the future. We're excited to look for uh, getting more and more people out to the stadium, both through events and just the games, really. Yeah. Um, this this next few months will be really exciting, just opening the doors and yeah. finally getting to the point where we're able to welcome people. For sure. I mean, I know you guys have been waiting a long time to do that, um, but... What was it like working for the Staten Island Yankees, a minor league baseball team in such a big city? 
Yeah, man, it was it was amazing to be honest. Growing up, I've always wanted to live in New York. Okay, like, it was just a dream of mine. I grew up a Yankee fan. Like everything about it was, I'm gonna move to New York and I'm gonna make it. Um, that being said, the selling side of things was very difficult just due really? to the fact there's so much going on. I mean, okay. whether it be um, just vacational things, people going to visit all the time and just going to do different things. There's two major league baseball teams in the city that you work in. Yeah. So that's difficult. And then you're also competing against the Brooklyn Cyclones and Coney Island, the beach, the different events the city has, things like that. So um, that was difficult. But I do have a pretty cool story about working in Staten Island. All right. Um, so one day our ops guy called the front office and was like, Judd Apatow is out front of main gate. And it, okay. I was like, wait, what? Like Judd Apatow, the movie director. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like he's outside asking if he can come in and look around. And so our GM was like, yeah, let me go talk to him. Uh, he walked in and basically was like, yeah, I want to look around. I want to see. I'm filming a movie on Staten Island um, called The King of Staten Island. Yeah. And and that was filmed at our ballpark. And funny enough, I actually got to be in one of the scenes. Okay. Uh, so when Pete Davison and Bill Burr walked through Main Gate to come into our stadium, I'm standing there with programs <laughs> to... <laughs> So that was a pretty cool experience. I can joke with my family, say I'm a movie star and things like that. So <laughs> as, that would not be possible really anywhere else. Wow. As a, as a film miner, I can really appreciate that. Um, wow, I'm going to have to rent that movie now. because I've heard really good things about it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Definitely, definitely. It was... It was such a cool experience just watching how a movie is filmed and how many times it takes to to do the smallest things. I mean, yeah. legit, they were filming the night before for certain things, and then they were filming during uh, a game one night just to have the experience of both with the crowd noise and then without the crowd noise. Okay, um, And then, I mean, they did the same scene of them walking through the gates probably... 10, 15 times and it was just it's amazing how much goes into it and how many people are a part of it and i i just never seen anything like that yeah sure. that's so awesome dude wow i'm definitely gonna check that movie out for sure um let's see all right uh what is it like being a former employee of a team that doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, they they do, but they they kind of cease to exist right now, I guess. Um, I mean, I thought for sure I would be in the same boat when it comes to Beloit. If, like, they couldn't have waited another second to get the go-ahead for the new stadium. Um, they had been saying that for for years, but quite honestly, they couldn't they couldn't have waited any longer. Um, and I thought they were gonna kind of disappear. But but what's it like working for you know you used to work for a team that that doesn't really exist anymore? Yeah, man. Uh, 
it's heartbreaking really like i mean i just have so many personal friends and just people i look up to that have kind of had to step away from what their goals were mm-hmm. um and right now they're either not in sports and where, where they want to be again or um they had to move on and go somewhere else so uh that part of it is heartbreaking um sure. and I do hear a couple potential things of them getting pro ball back in the future. Um, so for that community and everything about that place, I really hope that they are able to get something in the near future. I don't know if it'll be for this year, but um, definitely I think uh, they're looking to, towards something pretty exciting. So okay, uh, I, I'm hoping the best for them, but... That, I mean, that ownership and everything put so much time and effort into me. So uh, I owe them as much as I can. So uh, I definitely hope for the community and everyone else around it that uh, things work out and there'll be baseball back soon. Yeah, for sure, man. So you were talking about earlier that there's just so much to do and there like so, so much... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Just um, d- like distractions or other things going on. Um, so, like, how close is Staten Island to um, Brooklyn or to um, the Bronx or you know where the Mets play? You know what? You know how close are you to all that stuff? Yeah. So it depends on how you want to go. Um, if you want more public transportation, it's, it's a hike. Uh, if you're able like to drive to Coney Island, you can probably get there in 30 minutes. Uh, if uh, if you drive across the bridge and hit traffic at the right time, it could be an hour or more. Right. Um, But, uh, you're looking at not too bad. I know I used to go to Yankee stadium quite frequently. Sure. And I mean, uh, with public transportation, you can get there in about an hour and some change, hour okay. 15, hour 20 maybe. Um, so it, it wasn't that bad. It, you're a ferry away from downtown Manhattan, mm. and uh, it's it's a cool location. It oversees the Statue of Liberty downtown Manhattan. Oh, that's if awesome. you time uh, 4th of July perfectly, you can see the fireworks from the Macy's uh, fireworks show. Yeah. You can see Jersey City's uh, fireworks show. You can see the ones from uh, Brooklyn and Coney Island. And then you can see ours all at the same time if it's timed Whoa. perfectly. So it's a cool experience for sure. Uh, but yeah, and that's why I just hope for that ballpark in that community, something gets back. Because yeah. And it's too much of a perfect location, I think. Yeah. Too much of a waste of space if it's not used properly. Very good point. Yeah, I mean, I hope they get baseball back as well. Um, So I always like to ask my salespeople this. um, And more often than not, people in minor league baseball have to sell something one way or the other. Um, And I want to ask, in your opinion... What is the number one secret to sales? Yeah, I think 
just being friendly and personable with yeah. people. Uh, if you can be trustworthy and show that you care more than just surface level, uh, people believe in you and people want to be a part of what you're offering just because of who you are. Um, sales is so much about the person rather than even the product sometimes. Oh yeah. So, um, I, I just always try to be my most authentic self when I go into things and just show my personality <laughs> to be honest. So right. that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's, that's what I think is the number one secret to sales as well is just being personable and, um, you know, as long as you're personable and show a little personality and show that you care, people will trust you. And, and that goes a long way. And that builds relationships for years to come. So um, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, with that being said, what is the best sale that you've ever made? It doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest, just what you think is the best. Yeah, so... When when you actually sent me over this question originally, I was thinking through. I was like, I could say the biggest sale, but I don't really think that's my best sale, in my okay. opinion, just because I really enjoy the ones that like have a give back it, uh, thing to it. Yeah. So whether it be giving back to the community or giving back to something, um, and obviously all sales have some type of give back just due to the fact of, you're trying to market that company or whatever. But um, I got a pretty cool sale with the Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New York City. Okay. And they sponsored a program where they honored their best volunteers from Staten Island. So obviously they oversee every borough mm -hmm. and they want every borough to be involved in it. Um, but it was just very cool to like be a part of something so minor um, but had such an impact on these kids' lives, to be honest. So, like, they got to throw out a first pitch, the kid did, and so did the volunteer. Nice. And you could just see that that volunteer had such an impact on this kid's life. Like, it was so much more than just somebody who hangs out with this kid. It was almost like they were family. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought that was by far the coolest thing ever, just because I was a small part of this kid's life that he got to experience something he wouldn't be able to otherwise. So, yeah. um, that, that was what stuck out to me when I thought of that. Um, there's some others that I could think of, but that, that was by far my favorite. That's definitely, that's definitely a memorable one for sure. Um, it sounds so awesome. Um, love the big brothers and big sisters program, honestly. Um, thought about doing it when I was in Wisconsin, just couldn't make the, the time, uh, working with my like baseball, you know? Um, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's definitely a time commitment. I mean, it's every other weekend and my working in minor league baseball, you don't know if you have every other weekend. Right. And, uh, especially it's just the weekends you have off, you want to, relax to be honest just yep. due to the fact of all the hours you put in for minor league baseball so um yeah i i completely understand what you're saying for sure yeah uh so i gotta ask do you have any fun stories from working with uh former pulling tart podcast guest 
Robbie Willis. And then you brought to my attention that you worked a very short stint together with Brandon Dunham as well, which was on the last episode. Uh, who was on the last episode. So do you have any fun stories from working with, with either one of them? Yeah, I worked with Robbie for an entire year. He's honestly one of my best friends right now, to be honest, uh, especially in this industry and with what's going on right now. I mean, I talk to him probably on a daily basis, if not a weekly basis, Yeah, just to see how things are different in Hickory and things like that. Um, I have... I've, the story that sticks out the most is when we were at the Sally League All-Star Game. Uh, we went to an excursion where we were uh, floating down a river. And he might hate me for saying this, uh, but uh, we, <laughs> we were, uh, you know, we weren't working the event. So uh, we were tossing back some brews and sure. enjoying the river. And... Uh, about halfway through, we realized we were out of the drinks that we brought. Um, so we started uh, going, where's the rum? Like, basically as if we were uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. So, right. uh, like I said, you might hate me for that, but it was it was definitely a fun experience for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So funny. Um, so I, I got to ask, and you've been... I think part of some pretty good promotions. So this should be interesting. What was the best and worst promotions that you've been a part of? So the best promotion is probably Pride Night in Staten Island, just due to the fact that we had such a rocky relationship with them um, since we announced a partnership with Chick-fil-A. Okay. literally a couple months before we did that and every year we've had a pride night with them but they completely backed out of that for that month or that season until we can't or we voided out that partnership with chick-fil-a mm-hmm. and we really only had about two months to plan this out okay but the turnout was unreal i mean like when we had it like it was beyond any promotion i've ever seen we had a we had a banner where people could sign for just saying like oh love is love or whatever you wanted to say on that banner mm-hmm. we donated that back to the pride center we had a stairwell that turned uh, like a stairway that leaded up to one of our concourse levels and we turned that into a rainbow flag we had some flags across the stadium and things like that it was just amazing how fast it turned from something that was so negative to something that was so positive right um so that's what stuck out to me when i thought of the best promotion okay the worst promotion i honestly don't even know just due to the fact there's been so many uh, promotions that i've seen throughout the years um they all kind of run together after a while um but i'm sure yeah uh, there there's been some interesting ones throughout the year for sure <laughs> i'm sure that is, that is kind of amazing wow okay so 
you didn't you had a rocky relationship because of the Chick-fil-A partnership and then you voided it out which which is kind of crazy um you know minor league baseball is usually willing to take money from from just about anywhere um okay that's and then had a very successful pride night which I personally have never been a part of a pride night I I guess I worked in markets that that you know that wasn't a good idea or or that weren't supportive uh, you know or worked for management that wasn't supportive of it but um sounds like you guys had a very successful one for sure yeah yeah like I said the partnership was voided just due to the fact of I mean we were getting we we were in a market that it was not very appreciated at Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A just opened that location on Staten Island uh, in the mall. Okay. So there was already some type of conflict. And just like you said, minor league baseball takes money from anywhere and everywhere. And yeah. you'll, you'll see Chick-fil-A in major league markets. I oh, mean, yeah. They're at the Mets. They're at other places. But for some reason, just where we were at, it was not a good timing uh, of okay. the announcement of the partnership or – it just wasn't the like I said. It probably came down to timing, but uh, yeah. So we decided to avoid it after a very intensive process of thinking it through, dollar wise, and yeah. we were thinking about what the Pride Center has done, uh, ticket wise and sponsorship wise, with us, and just kind of cross our T's and dotted our eyes to make sure everything made sense, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once we did, it was unreal how that thought process changed of just um, we got the most money we've ever got from the Pride Center. We got so much support from Staten Island as a borough, which is uh, pretty uh, pretty conservative of the boroughs out of all of New York City. But the area of the borough we were at is a little bit more um, liberal. So... uh, that's probably part of the disconnect and the timing and all that stuff that I go back to. But yeah, I think, I think it was by far one of the best experiences I've ever seen. Cause just like you, I've worked in small, uh, conservative areas and mm-hmm. just never really seen what a pride night entails. And it was above and beyond. Even I went to, uh, the Mets Pride Night probably a couple months before just to see how they did it because okay. I'm again never seen a Pride Night. Right. I don't know how to put together a Pride Night. Right. And uh, I'm tasked to this uh, thing to do, and I've never seen it, never been a part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, so I had some coworkers help me out, and we all just came together, and it was it was special for sure. That's awesome. I can definitely respect that. Um, sounds like a great promotion, honestly.
What's the craziest situation that occurred during a game that you had to assist with? So I'll say the first one first, and then I'll tell another story. Because this one's probably worse. Um, But the first one, my first day working in minor league baseball was was uh bark in the park in lynchburg virginia so as everyone knows everyone brings their dog and they had a dog parade pregame well the first time the dog stepped off the field into the concourse level he took a poop yeah right on uh the steps so nice what i was the first person called and this is when i knew it takes a crazy person to work in minor league baseball, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm still here eight years later, so I must be a crazy person also. Yep. Um, so uh, that's one. The second one uh, is in Staten Island also. We had this fan that was named Itchy Richie, and I'll let you uh, think why we called him that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, one day... A separate day, he came back to another game, which I don't really understand why we allowed him back into the stadium. But another day, he was sitting there, and he put his leg on the seat in front of him, and he started trimming his leg there with <sighs> these trimming scissors. Okay. And yeah, and for some reason, I was the lucky guy that got the walk up and helped uh, get him out. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, like yeah. I said, it just takes this very special person to work in a minor league baseball. And the things you see never cease to amaze me at this point. Yep. Uh, just due to the fact there's some odd people that come to minor league baseball. It's just, it is what it is. There sure are, man. Um, there's a few stories that I probably, that I shouldn't tell on this podcast, but... Um, I will tell one, and I actually wasn't involved because I was the PA announcer. Um, I did have to make some announcements um, after the fact, but um, we had a guy, He, I think he was drinking a lot, and um, I'll give you a secret. So in Wisconsin, well, at least in Beloit, we don't um, cut off like alcohol serving um you know like most ballparks seventh inning stretch that's it um in beloit you can drink from the moment gates open to the last out of the game um and a, a man actually he assaulted his his girlfriend or wife i don't know what it was but like hit her in the face and then proceeded to sprint out of the ballpark. Um, and so, of course, police were called. They were actually at the ballpark already, I think. Um, and so that, you know, I had to make some announcements about that. But, um, yeah, there there are some stories that I can share with you offline that I definitely shouldn't share on this podcast for sure. Um, but Yeah, it, it, yeah. I also have another really interesting one since you brought up to that one. I'll kind of piggyback off the police and stuff like that so um one day in lynchburg we had a concessions worker after her shift 
went to the bathroom like a normal person. We had <laughs> we had a family restroom kind of away from the rest of the restroom, so mm-hmm. it was kind of tucked away. And but we have a usher right next to it due to the fact there's a elevator that goes up to the suite level. Mm-hmm. So she went into the bathroom, and sure enough, the usher was like, "There's been a." employee in the bathroom for about 15 20 minutes and next thing you know uh our entire staff was huddled around there to help out this girl who od'd so right there in the and the person that gave her the stuff ran uh so she was left by herself and it was it was heartbreaking for sure, and then the she, everything worked out, but she, like she ended up being fine. But yeah, it was a scary experience for sure. Wow. And like I said, just the things that happen are unreal. So that is that is really crazy. I'm glad everything you know worked out, um, and she's okay. But goodness gracious, wow, goodness. All right. Well, on a lighter note. Um, <laughs> you're you're a big fan of The Office, and um, I I would say I was a big fan. Once Michael left, it got like kind of weird for me, and I couldn't like really keep up with it. Honestly, um, I did like some some of like you know how they had like the um, stand-in bosses or whatever. I did like you know Idris Elba was in a couple episodes. Um, so that uh, that was pretty cool, and then like some some other guys, but um, so I just and you can't say Michael because that that's too easy. Who is your favorite character from The Office? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a split between Jim and Dwight, just because everyone has that type of interaction in the office and in any office. Though, yeah, but somebody who's really funny and another guy who's just odd <laughs> and the guy who's funny just plays off the guy who's odd and yeah. tries to trigger him as much as possible so um that it, it's just so relatable and that's why i uh they're probably my favorite but i also really i mean i'm a huge fan so i could go on and on about really each and every one of them so <laughs> yeah for sure i think like out of like those away from those like main three i think man i think stanley's pretty funny like low low key stanley's really funny yeah we were actually supposed to have stanley at the at the mudcats this past season and he was going to be here and i didn't get to see him because covid and oh Man. More reasons to be mad at COVID. Right. <laughs> so, Goodness. It is what it is, though. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Have you ever had any other celebrities come out? Um, We've had... In Staten Island, we've had some random people just kind of drop by. Like, we had the guy from HQ just come to a game. Oh, okay. Um, HQ Trivia, when that was a big deal. Yeah. We had... Um, we've had... Uh, Bomani Jones come out to oh. a couple places. Um, oh, nice. We had uh, 
and then I've had wrestlers and things like that. I'm not a real wrestling guy, so I wouldn't even know who they were. Right. But we've had some wrestlers. We've had some uh, actors. We had the guy who was in Big Daddy, the or not Big Daddy. What uh, what's the other Adam Sandler movie? Uh, Billy Madison. Okay. The we had the principal from Billy Madison uh, come one time, nice. which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm a big Adam Sandler guy. So <laughs> when I saw him, I kind of geeked out. But it is what it is. Okay, so this is strictly an audio podcast, but we are video chatting, and when I when people tell me my celebrity lookalikes. I get Adam Sandler pretty frequently. What What do you think? I can see it. I I can definitely see it. I I wouldn't say like you're spot on by any means, but I could see it for sure. Yeah. So so, and this is hysterical. Be just because I'm I'm not that ethnicity. Um, the people that I get most often are Adam Sandler. Um. Andy, who's the guy from Lonely Island? Andy Samberg. Oh, yeah, that's who I would say. And that, that's I could definitely see that. One. I get I get this one the most. Jason Biggs from American Pie. That's another good one. Yeah. So, and what all three of those people have in common is that they are Jewish, and I am not at all. Um, so I do find that pretty funny, but um, as far as celebrities go, we never in Beloit like we just didn't have the marketing budget to do anything like that. Um, in Delmarva, we had um, Squints from uh, the Sandlot, so that was pretty cool. I got to I got to take them to the airport at four o'clock in the morning. That's always fun. Uh, we in Lynchburg when I was an intern, we had Mountain Man from Duck Dynasty, and I was the lucky one who couldn't understand what he said half the time, <laughs> but I was the one driving him around. So nice. Uh, yeah, he would just talk, and I would listen. So nice. <laughs> that's how that went. But I would try to go, oh yeah, I understand or. I was hoping he would never ask me to like stop at a gas station or like get food for him because I would not know <laughs> what he would be saying. Him. So wow. that's that's that. That's awesome. Um, well, I completely forgot to tweet out um, if you know if there are any listener questions. So um, that's my bad. But uh, but you know I still invite people to follow me on Twitter because usually I do ask that for for guests um maybe maybe we can schedule a follow-up or something like that or maybe next time you know you come on again at some point and we can we can do that um uh, that's that's my bad for sure um but mitchell where can the listeners find you on social media yeah i'm on twitter i'm on facebook uh, instagram i'm on linkedin uh just look me up uh, give me a like, give me a follow, give me a ad. I'll gladly talk with anybody, especially people in the industry. Love the networking side of all these uh, social media platforms and just getting to know what other teams do and other 
ways to grow as an individual even. So, yeah, follow me on anything and everything. All right. Awesome. And so you've listened to a couple episodes now, and you know I end the same way every time. What has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song in your baseball career, and whose was it? Yeah, so I was thinking, uh, there's a lot of songs I like uh, that people had, but I will say one sticks out to me the most was, um, uh, what was his name? DJ, uh, he was with the Indians in Lynchburg. But uh, he used the he used Go DJ from Lil Wayne, and I oh. thought it was so clever just because his name's DJ, yeah. and it was it was unique. So I had I had to throw him a shout out, and if he's listening, that's awesome. But I doubt <laughs> it. So that's um, that is pretty cool. I, I thought that was the coolest. Okay, that is that is awesome. Actually, low key, that's pretty sweet. All right, man. Um, anybody who is interested in the walk-up songs, there is a Spotify playlist. Um, you know, it's Pulling Tarp Podcast Walk-Up Song Playlist. Um, that's all of my guests' uh, favorite walk-up songs are on there. And there are some bangers, including this one. Go, DJ. Go, DJ. Yep. So, um, Mitchell... Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Friday evening. Um, And let's get the weekend started. And uh, let's get minor league baseball started again, man. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. It was definitely a pleasure. And uh, definitely a pleasure to be a part of all the other people who have been on this podcast. So um, thank you for inviting me. And would love to be on it again if ever given the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, definitely have a good uh, weekend and definitely looking forward to May 4th. All right, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Say go, DJ. Cause that's my DJ. Say go, DJ. Cause that's my DJ. Say go, DJ. Cause that's my DJ. Say go, DJ. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stove Lake Media. Make sure you check out our page at StoveLeg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.